the Spirit sends people to us, and the Spirit takes them away. Berkeley United Methodist Church was founded in 1972, I believe. Um, it is, there are a few people here who were still there whenever Berkeley was around. But otherwise, many people are not. They have been scattered. As the disciples are about to be scattered. Some have passed away. Some have moved. Some have changed churches. It is not the same. When this building was opened, it does not look the same. The Spirit gathers people together, but the Spirit also sends people away. My friends, we are continuing a series at Berkeley on the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit in a number of different capacities. We started with talking about the Holy Spirit as the preparer, as, as the preparer, as the grace that comes before we are aware of God in our life, who is able to show us and remind us that we are loved, that we are forgiven, that there is space for us in this world. Last week we spoke about the Holy Spirit as the comforter, as the one who comes to us in those times when we are in need, in those times of trial, and reminds us of God's love, and reminds us that God is with us. Today we speak of the Holy Spirit as as the advocate, as el abogado, as the lawyer of God. You can laugh, it's okay. <laughs> in French, which I'm better at than in my Spanish, it's avocat, but it still, it still means the same thing. It means an advocate for you, and that's how the Holy Spirit functions for us. The Holy Spirit is our lawyer, and we need a good lawyer in this world. The uh, shatan, or Satan, is a translation of the Hebrew word for the accuser. Or really, the prosecutor. The prosecutor of the world and our lawyer. I, I would make many more lawyer jokes, but I gotta, <laughs> I gotta limit my time. And that's, that's usually what we see. Or, or I often think about the, the Shakespeare play where he writes, first of all, kill all the lawyers. <laughs> Which I love my brother as a lawyer. And so <laughs> I can make that. But we need an advocate for us in this world, the kind who knows all the rules and codices and really obscure, obscure precedents of reality, of all of reality, but not just someone for us, someone with us in this world, an advocate. We are not only given an advocate, but we are given power and authority. We are given a destiny in God, and our destiny does not look like the status quo continuing on forever. Sometimes it feels like that's what it should be. It seems like, you know, we have a really good thing going on. What if it just stayed like this forever? What if it didn't change? But the sun rises and the sun sets and other people in our life have their own life situations and destinies to fulfill. And so we say this in sending off Pastora Teresa and Ileana to their destiny away from us, which aches. It doesn't feel good. We want things to just continue. They're going so great. Why can't we just continue things going on forever? But our hope is not in keeping everything the same. Our hope is in the world being transformed by the Holy Spirit in us, by God with us, by God making all things new, by the God of all creation coming down in the person of Jesus Christ. 
living and dying and being resurrected only to send God with us again in the Holy Spirit to be with us. That is where our hope lies. The Holy Spirit is what makes each of us both part of the body of Christ, but also followers ourselves of Christ. The Holy Spirit knits us together, but also gives us each individual destinies in God and makes the possibility of Christ's likeness available to us. In the Methodist Church, we talk about um, Christ- the language of Christian perfection. When, when Teresa was ordained as an elder, when I was ordained as an elder, I was asked this question. We were asked this question. Do you believe that you, you are going on to perfection in this lifetime? And the answer is yes. It ha- or else you don't go on. So, you know, whether or not we... <laughs> you know, the equally challenging question is, are you in debt so much to shame yourself? And the answer, of course, always has to be yes, no matter what. The circumstances, but we have to ask this question, answer this question. I'm sure Pastor Teresa, just like me, wrestled with it for a while. Because left to my own devices, I could never say yes. Left to my own devices, I could barely get out of a parking lot alive. (laughs) But the point of talking about Christian perfection is not how awesome I am, but how amazing God is. It's to say that God's grace is so much more amazing than my sin that I cannot say that I am so depraved and deprived that grace cannot transform me. That is the faith of Pentecost, that the people gathered together are not so far from God that they are not open to a fire, to something new being born. We are being made holy in amazing ways. And not just for us, And not just for the generations before us, but for the generations after us. Today we have the privilege of of confirming Aubrey and Autumn into their Christian faith. They will have a chance to say yes to some awkward questions. They won't be asked about Christian perfection, but it's some serious questions. And they have the freedom to say no. And that's part of the point of confirmation is this is not, this is, the family has gathered, but that is, not, that is not for them just to say yes because family is around or people are around. Because this is about accepting the faith for themselves. And you all have a part in this too. It's not being confirmed, accept, accepting Jesus is not just a one-on-one thing. That's also what Pentecost is about. The Spirit is sent to knit us together so that one accepts Jesus and claims Jesus as Lord, we are all pledging to honor that, to uphold that, to support that decision. The church is a generational organism. We are constantly dying and being reborn. We are constantly sending people away and having others sent to us. There is never a stasis point. And we see that especially at Pentecost. The disciples go into this room for stasis. You can imagine the picture. Imagine all the, all the dudes gathering together. And there's one less dude. Because they're missing one. They're missing Judas Iscariot. And so instead of thinking about what they're going to do next or the next missionary thing, of course, because at the church they have a bureaucratic issue they must handle. They need to replace Judas. And they have these two men. Who are, who are qualified and they figure out and so they, they cast lots. They, they basically roll the dice to see who's going to fill that position. They roll the dice to see who's going to fill that position. And then they find someone and it's like, Matthias, yes, awesome, we're ready. And so they have all the numbers set. And this is like the last verse 
of chapter one of Acts. And they're like, okay, we've got it all figured out. This is it. <laughs> and then we get to the reading that Jose Luis read. And, and the fire was about to be lit. The fire was about to be lit in Jerusalem that was going to go across the world. And many of these people thought that the fire was just for people who looked like them. Many of them thought the fire was just for people who spoke like them. Many people had gathered in Jerusalem that, that day. Pentecost is, a, is the Jewish festival of weeks. It's a harvest festival, but it's an important one. People had gathered from around the world to be in Jerusalem that day. They were expecting one thing. They were expecting to bring the sacrifice of their harvest to the temple. And then a fire appeared. A fire that let them know that the status quo was not going to continue forever. That God was a part of the decision making. That yes, awesome, you got 12 people. That's great. Good for you. Good job by you. You have a bigger job than you could ever imagine. But I have someone here to help you. Remember, you have an advocate in God. God is not just someone far away, way up in the sky, looking down and judging you. God is here with us. Not only with us, but for us. You have someone to stand up for you in this world and to stand with you in those times when you don't know what to do. God is with you. And God draws you into the body of Christ, knit together by the Holy Spirit. In those times of future, when we don't know what is going to happen, when we don't know what is going to happen next, God is with us. In the global United Methodist Church, we are in that kind of future. We don't know what is going to happen next, in the next few months, let alone years. But our faith is not in this structure. Our faith is in the God who is making all things new. Who, who found those 12 individuals who thought they had their act together and lit a fire on their heads. Literally on their heads. They were on fire. And they just had to spread it. The more we are open to the Spirit, the more we are open to each other. The more we are open to God moving in us and the more power we are given. Power and authority by God. The more power to address our future, whatever it holds. The more power to address ourselves. God is with us. The Spirit is with us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.